I'm preaching to the choir today. Can, is that okay? I'm going to preach to the choir. Back in 1981, there was a movie that came out. It was called The Chariots of Fire. I never did see it, but I loved the theme. And most people that never saw it or a lot of people that was not even living back then, they know the theme, Chariots of Fire. That movie is about Eric uh, Lindell. Eric Lindell. Eric Lindell was a devout Christian born to Scottish parents in China. And Eric Lindell felt like he could honor the Lord with his running. And so he was a runner. And so he was running and set to run in the Paris, the 1924 Paris Olympics. And that's what that movie is about, is Eric Wendell. But the problem or the concern that he had was that he, didn't, he would not practice and he would not run on the Sabbath day. Just wouldn't do it. And if you saw the movie or know anything about the movie, uh, there was another young man that run his stead. And uh, just, just, just a great movie. But what would you have said to Eric Mandel if you'd talked to him? Now, Eric, it won't matter. This one day, come on. You know, Eric, you probably can even get the witness of someone in the race on this Sabbath day. But he said, no. Absolutely not. I'm not going to do it. And so here comes this great, great movie about Eric Wendell. Ian Charlson played him. Uh, and it won several Academy Awards or whatever awards it goes with that. Someone said this, overwhelmed, need a day off, a break. Maybe it's time to learn the truth about the Sabbath. If you'll notice, the title of this sermon this morning is, uh, How Important is the Sabbath? How important is it? And we got all kind of opinions about should we have the, should we honor the Sabbath? Should we have the Sabbath on Saturday? Should we have it on Sunday? And so we have all kind of questions when it comes to the Sabbath. But this one writer said, everyone it seems lives in his or her life at a break, I'm sorry, next pace, constantly rushing here and there to get everything done. Technologically, adva technological advances that once promised more leisure time now seem only to push us further behind and make it ever more difficult to catch up. My uh, mother had a washing machine that it, 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 it washed but then it had rollers up on top of the washer and you had to take the clothes out of the washing machine and run it through the, uh, the rollers to, to get them uh, at least partly dry. And then you had to take those clothes out to the clothesline and we hung clothes on the clothesline. I don't think we have any clotheslines anymore, but most of us, or rather some of us, remember those times. 
And whether it was that or our car, we would drive around in an old 54 Chevrolet and it had no heat and we froze in the winter. Uh, it was, and we had blankets. We, we would always, so it, technology has really improved things for us. And you'd think we'd have more time, but it's just not true. So we frantically scramble. We feel out of touch. Listen to this, out of touch with our spouse, out of touch with our families, out of touch with the world around us, and perhaps most of all, out of touch with God. And you'd think it would be different. In the Bible, God gives a solution written within the Ten Commandments. It's a commandment that gives us time for a welcome, refreshing rest from our weekly labors, a time during which we must no longer be absorbed in our ordinary daily cares and concerns, a time for spiritual rejuvenation. It's called the Sabbath. It's called the Sabbath. Look at your notes. Notice the introduction. The Sabbath is for the purpose of altering our usual pattern in order that something regenerative, renewing, and recreative would take place in us. Listen to this, physically, mentally, and spiritually. That we would be restored to the wholeness God intends for us in relationship with him in our behavior, in our bodies, in our minds, and certainly in everything that we do. That incorporates the need to be in his presence. It incorporates what we think of as worship expressions, and it incorporates time in his word. It could incorporate church. It could be, Jack Hayford says, it could be church, but we don't need to be in church for 24 hours in order to fulfill the Sabbath. We could not play ball on the Sabbath when I was a kid. There were a lot of things we could not do. You wouldn't cook on the Sabbath. All the stores mostly was, were closed. That's the day of the past. Unless some of you are planning on going to Chick-fil-A today. Don't go. You won't get anything. Because Chick-fil-A chooses to take off the Sabbath. And they're criticizing and they're finding fault and they're protesting against Chick-fil-A by leaps and bounds. Not because necessary to close on Sunday, but they're standing with other things. And the more they protest, the more they protest, the more business Chick-fil-A does. They'll protest this day. The next day they wrap three times around the building. It's true. My wife and I went to Chick-fil-A in Duke this week, and um, all the other, I mean, they have place after place, eatery after eatery where you can go and stand in line. I mean, there's no line at Duke, and you know just, what, a couple, three years ago, they protested and tried to close down Chick-fil-A. It's alive and well at Duke. <laughs> but it's important that we understand that we understand the Sabbath. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11, remember the Sabbath day and keep it what? Holy. 
Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, you nor your son, daughter, male servant, nor your family servant, a female servant, nor your cattle, nor your stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. You say, what, well, Brother Don, that's under the law. That's the mosaic establishment. The Sabbath was started before the law. God Almighty himself spoke the Sabbath and uh, it that we understand that. Let's, let's look at three the Sabbath. Follow me. Stay with me. Stay with me. First of all, remember the Sabbath. Someone says, what day is the Sabbath? I think it used to be Saturday. I really do. But now it's the Lord's day. It's the first day of the week. It doesn't matter which specific day we observe, it's just important that we observe at least one day a week. It is very, very important. After God created the world in six days, he rested the seventh day. Then he blessed and sanctified the seventh day. The Sabbath became part of the law, and I just read it, Exodus chapter 20. And then we move over to the New Testament. Jesus taught in the synagogues on the Sabbath. You find this in Mark chapter 1. Then they went into Capernaum and immediately on the what? Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and taught. Look at verse, uh, look at Mark 6 2. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. It's also, that's also recorded in Luke 4 and 16. Then Luke 4, 31, then he went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee was teaching them on the Sabbaths, plural. He taught them on the Sabbath. I mean, over and over and over again, Jesus himself was an example to you and I that he went into the synagogue, he went to church. And he taught. And then you move to the disciples, Acts 13, 14. But when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch, which is in Pisidia, and went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and sat down. Then Acts chapter 13. So when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next day. Sabbath. That's the Lord's day. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of the Lord. And then Christians assembled on the first day of the week. Verse 7 of 20 of Acts. Now on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul, ready to depart the next day, spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. Another, another example, over and over and over again, whether it's the creation, whether it is the Ten Commandments, whether it's the, in the Mosaic Law, whether it's with Jesus Christ himself uh, 
attending church on the Sabbath, or whether it's Paul, Peter, the disciples, or the Christians recorded in the New Testament, the Sabbath has been blessed and is holy. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you're you're out there because it's very important <laughs> that we understand this. And again, I know I'm preaching to the choir. You're here. Maybe I should wait till next week when those some are going on cruises, some are out of town, some are doing this, some are doing that, some are doing the other. Maybe I should wait till next Sunday. Let's go home. I'm always preaching next Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> It's important that we understand this and that we allow the Lord to, to, to meet us and bless us. So when we recognize the Sabbath, listen to this, this is important. We recognize the sovereignty of God. And it shows when you're here today, when you take time out to recognize the Sabbath, Stop the wheels of commerce. Come to church. What you're saying, God, I trust you to take care of the rest of the week. That's what you're saying. It shows your trust in God. If we fail to honor God at least one day a week, we're saying, God, I don't believe you can handle my life, so I'm going to stay home today and make sure things are done right. But when you trust God, you put it in his hands and said, hallelujah, you're going to take care of me. That's the way it is with giving your tenth. When you give a tenth to the Lord, you're saying to the Lord, Lord, I trust you. Now, I could take this, whatever it is, no matter how you, it's according to how much you make, whatever it is. You could say, now, Lord, I can take this because I don't believe you could handle it as good as I can. I don't believe you could handle it. I, 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 I took a spin off of a message I preached a, a, a month ago. It was called soul fatigue. You may not remember that, but I preached it, uh, as I said, about a month ago. And I talked about how so many people are tired. But they're not just tired physically. They're not just tired really emotionally and have a soulish tired and fatigue. They're tired spiritually and they need God to touch their life. And so I, I took that from this and I wanted to let us know that it's important that God set aside this, uh, this day so we could rest our bodies. You can't make it, folks unless you set aside some time to rest. Years ago, I read about, a, this is what uh, Louis Nicholson said, or Nichols said. Years ago, I read about a railroad that conducted an experiment. It purchased two new locomotives. One was kept in constant service, regardless of Sunday. In the use of the other, late each Saturday, they pulled its fire and released the steam. On Sunday, it was allowed to cool down, thus retempering its metal. Then it was fired up again on Monday. Over the years, they found that they had less maintenance and trouble 
with the latter than they did the former. If rest one day each week so benefited machinery, how much more does the human body need it? Amen? Your body needs rest. We need to sit down. Relax. Take it easy. Let God, let his Holy Spirit renew us. It's a need. L.S. Schaefer put it this way. One man challenged another to an all-day wood chopping course, a contest rather. The challenger worked very hard, stopping only for a brief lunch break. The other man had a leisure, leisurely lunch and took several breaks during the day. At the end of the day, the challenger was surprised and annoyed to find that the other fellow had chopped substantially more wood than he did. I don't get it, he said. Every time I checked, you were taking a rest, yet you chopped more wood than I did. But you didn't notice, said the winning woodsman, that I was sharpening my axe when I sat down to rest. You know what you're doing sitting in this church this morning? You're sharpening your axe. A lot of people, they're not in church this morning. They're trying to cut wood and their axe is dull. They're getting nowhere. And they get frustrated. You've got your axe sharp, your spiritual it's, it's very keen, and you're able to fight. You're able to win. You're able to cut more wood, so to speak. So understand, it takes time to wait before the Lord and certainly allow the Lord to do some wonderful things. Look at number two, rest on the Sabbath. God ended his work, and he rested on the Sabbath, the Sabbath day. God rested? Question time. That is a peculiar idea, isn't it? Certainly, omnipotence doesn't grow weary. It wasn't because God grew weary that he had to sit down and rest. He set an example, and he set that day for eternity. God actually blessed and sanctified the seventh day of rest. There remains then a Sabbath rest. Listen to Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 9. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. It is important that we understand that Sabbath rest. Listen, to, uh, Hebrews speaks of that in uh, chapter 4 verse 9 and verses 8 through 11. There remaineth a rest for the people of God. I want to read some of it for you. In fact, if you would look at chapter 4 of Hebrews, the writer there is saying the reason or giving us the reason why that the children of Israel did not go and experience the rest that God had for them. They didn't enter into the rest. And that was speaking of the rest of the whole uh, of Canaan land. They, and those, those, uh, that whole generation... They never got to Canaan's land. All of them died. But the newer generation was able to go into that rest. And that was a wonderful time of rest. Although there were battles and all the fight for the children of God. Hebrews 4 and 4. For he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way. And God rested on the seventh day from all his works. Hebrews 4 and 9. There remains therefore a rest for who? The people of God. How many of you are the people of God? 
I would think all, all of us, or most of us are, the people of, there's a rest for you. It's not just a physical rest, and that does include physical rest, but it's a spiritual rest. It's a wonderful spiritual rest. Verse 11, let us therefore be diligently, oh, I'm sorry, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. God wants us to enjoy life. He wants us to understand that he set aside the seventh day that you and I and that mankind would enjoy the blessings that he's bestowed upon us. For the Israelites, this rest was the earthly rest to be found in the promised land. Look at, look at number six, or five rather. For Christians, listen to this, it is peace with God through Christ now and then eternal life. You may be here and you're, you're just so tired, so unrested, so confused about life. We wonder why people are like they are. Why are they so angry? Why are they on edge all the time? Why are they sniping and, and at each other all the time? Husbands and wives, parents and children, families. There may be just, it's important that we take time to rest, go to church. 